folks welcome to another episode of the Knicks wall podcast i'm your host kyle maggio as always joined by my co-host sean Gettys. what's going on buddy yeah hey hey bro hey guys beautiful day today isn't it sean oh what a lovely remarkable wondrous day <laughs> what wondrous day and could you tell the people maybe a little bit why that is Ladies and gentlemen, it's R.J. Barrett Extension Day. This day will live forever as the day the Charlie Ward curse was broken and that R.J. Barrett was truly established as Himothy in the land of the Mecca. Um, and, you know, I, I, I really couldn't be happier. Like, I, we, we, we knew it all the time. Um, and it's just like, you know, the vindication is beautiful. And, you know, we, we're, we continue to stretch for our victory lap. And you know we got we're gonna have to have our endurance up this year. I feel like there's gonna be a lot of a lot of victory lapping to be done this year. Yeah, so it was it was beautiful news for me to wake up to. Um, I I'm very old, folks. This is no secret now. I'm I'm very washed. Um, I I did not stay up to catch the RJ Barrett news last night. So I woke up to a smattering of tweets and texts and things like that, that I should have seen the night before. But um, I did see that, you know, when I woke up, he was, he was extended. Um, it was for a, a ballpark figure of which I had, you know, me and Sean had talked to this podcast before, but we always thought he was going to get, and that was pretty much exactly on the nose with what we had figured with that. Um, and it actually ended up being a little bit less, so it seems like the the official numbers via Shams were 170 million, uh, sorry, 107 million over four years, and let's say I'm sorry, I got a, got a little excited, 107 million <laughs> over uh, four years, I believe, and then there's incentives that could bring it up to 120 million or so in total. So I had always thought, Sean had always kind of thought that Jalen Brown sort of territory when he had got his first extension off his rookie deal um i think it was for like 125 million if i'm not mistaken and we just sort of i, figured... I think it was for 130 it was either for 115 or for 130 mm. so so that's where we kind of always figured we just sort of figured he had i'm not gonna you know try to put him in a box and say the same upside but for the first three or so years how those guys have sort of developed their all-around games kind of consistently every year you saw them kind of do something different or something way better um it just seemed like for that on the wing um was kind of where he was going to end up getting paid uh i know there was there's a lot of very silly and pointless discussions on nick's twitter these days um i try not to pay attention to a lot of it because it's just uh you, you go nowhere you talk in circles like the a big one this summer was uh fans were fighting about is rj barrett worth the max and if you didn't think he was worth the max you didn't believe in his potential and whatever else it, it became about and uh, very silly stuff. Like, um, I hope I could put all that to bed, you know, now because it's very. It doesn't really matter if you think he's a he's has the potential of a max player, then that's great. He can he could play up to it now and and play out of his current contract, right? And, and that we'd love to see that. Who wouldn't love a bargain deal, right? Everybody loves a bargain deal. 
Uh, I think for RJ, this gets him well into the 100 million, so he feels good about that. He feels like he he got a pretty sizable payday. He's still very young. He's going to get out of this deal by the time he's, what, 25 or so? And if he's 26. playing 26, right? So if he's playing really well on Turinga's prime, yeah, of course he's probably going to get a max deal, right? This is how it works. But there's no, it's not a disrespectful thing that he didn't get a max deal now, anything like that. That was always very silly. So this seems to be a very, to me, reasonable figure for him. Um, I, I thought anything north of 100 million was probably going to be where he ended up at. So good to see him kind of get what we thought he would get. But uh, more importantly, I feel like that's finally, you know, the Charlie Ward curse being broken. And finally, we have some consistency with like long-term consistency with a young talent. You know, I think we always thought Porzingis would have signed, you know, if it came down to it or, or whatever, um, but ultimately they ended up trading him, right? They didn't even invest in him there, which again, you know, bullet dodge, but um, this RJ thing feels very safe. I think fans have felt that. I, I think unanimously fans have felt on board with RJ. Um, you know, even people that maybe had reserve, you know, had reservations about him pre-draft, I think, came around on him very, very quickly. You see how hard he works. You see how much he wants to get better, how much uh, simply winning the game means to him, not just playing well. So just being able to see that day in and day out, you know, 82 games a year, you know, playoffs the second year and, and see him improve over three seasons. I think fans were very, very excited about being able to lock in uh, a player of his caliber with his mentality and somebody who's going to be here now, you know, hopefully seven, eight, nine, ten seasons and beyond. So um, it's it's good to see, you know, the first extension get done and and the next really meaningfully pay and invest in their own talent that they that they drafted it was nice yeah it was it was really nice because you know we don't we haven't seen it literally um it was nice to see it with mitch that was kind of like a soft breaking of the charlie ward curse but you know i mean between rj and mitch having two uh young talents locked in like that and you know there was a time where lance thomas was the longest tenure nick there was a time recently where frank nilakina was the longest tenure nick and, you know, we we didn't really have any continuity established. So it's just really nice to know that, man. And, like, yeah, like you said, some of the conversations on Nick's Twitter have been disgusting. Um, I feel like I've been pretty vocal about how disgusting they've been while trying to stay out of them. And I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if it's changed. Like, I feel like I haven't been, like, Mr. Nice Positive Guy um, because there's just been so much to be disgusted by. And I want to get away from that. So I need the season back for a lot of reasons. I need basketball to be back so people have actual things to talk about and they can stop, you know, creating conversations. Even after the RJ extension happened, like I saw, like that should just be a moment where everyone's happy. We should all just be celebrating. Like, no, it's not even a figure. Like you said, people said, oh, you shouldn't max and blah, blah, blah. There's arguments about that. There's really no argument about four years, 120. Like everybody should be good. We should all be happy. It shouldn't be now this argument about, oh, like they were going to trade him or oh, blah, blah, blah. Like, what is his value or what kind of, like he was being offered. And it's like, who cares? But I feel like people and KD was right when he said the NBA fans don't like basketball. Like it really seems like people don't like basketball, bro. Like that, the conversation should not be about all that. Now RJ Barrett is signed for four years, 120. The only discourse around RJ Barrett should be about what he's about to do in this coming season and going forward and how he possibly fits next to Donovan if we still make that move. But it shouldn't be about like, oh, what was he worth or why didn't we trade him or if they were going to trade him or not. None of that matters. I don't even understand the point of continuing to discuss things like that. I feel like that's a waste of space, time, air, conversation, my uh, room and my mentions, all of it. Like, just cut it out, bro. Like, that's over. That stage of it is over. We should be rejoicing. This is the, this never, ever happens. Like, some of us, like, you know, me in particular, like, 
and I know there's many more like me, have never seen this in our lifetime. Like, the Charlie Ward curse had what? I was like, Charlie Ward signed in 96, I think. I can't remember exactly what the year was, but whatever the year was, I was born in 94. So, like, for things like this to actually matter and, like, happen and for me to be able to experience them, we've never experienced this, whether you, whether it was in your lifetime or not. Like, in over 20, 20 years, 25 years, we haven't made a pick and continue to give him the money and you know keep him around and so i feel like now i've always i've i felt like this for a minute you have as well like i honestly think that it's weird as a nick fan to not fully be behind rj i think it's very weird i think it's very weird to i and i i don't tell people how to be a fan i don't tell people how to root whatever but i think being a nick fan and not standing rj is weird especially now that we're locked into him for another four years like we drafted this guy with the third pick our highest pick since ewing he came in he, I, I, RJ was a better defender than I thought he was going to be when he got here. Like, I did not expect defense out of RJ when he came in. I thought, like, he came in, he exceeded expectations um, in certain aspects. He's improved every single year. He really cares. He's embraced New York from the very beginning. He's embraced the work. He's embraced the process. And he's earned everything he's gotten. And so I just don't understand, like, what, what about all of that, especially if you watch him on a day-to-day basis and you see his – mannerisms you see how he performs you see his improvement you see what he works on you see his determination his attitude how he handles things how he responds i don't know how you watch that guy for three years and don't like fully support him and not fully be i I don't i i don't understand that i can't wrap my head around it i think it's weird and i I implore everyone out there now especially that he's locked in for four years 120 million Support R.J. Barrett, bro. Get behind R.J. Barrett. Stan R.J. Barrett. That's what it means to be a fan, right? I can't imagine, like, you know, and not to say that he's, like, but I can't imagine Grizzlies fans not standing Ja. Like, imagine being a Grizzlies fan and just being like, oh, Ja's overrated, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's none of those, I'm sure. There's probably zero Grizzly fans like that. And sure, Ja's done more in his career. Ja's done more in his career than R.J. at this point, but, like, but how much really, you know, like it's not really like a huge gap. I don't think. And, you know, just it's for any other, I'm just thinking that, you know, they were drafted at the same time, like any player who was drafted to the team that he's on and, you know, has performed for that team. And like, I think that all fan bases get behind their players. And it's just weird to me that there's some people who kind of establish like their character trait on, you know, being the anti and I, I really want everybody to let that go. I feel like this is a this we're poised to have a really great season. Um, you know, we have a young core around a, around a real blue chip guy who really wants it, who puts the work in. Um, and you know, I'm excited to see what RJ does now. Like, you know, I, I was already excited for year four RJ, but I think that you know, year four RJ with that like, okay, like I'm the guy kind of thing, and also like the chip on his shoulder to go get those. Uh, I, apparently, the incentives in the deal to take from 107 to 120 are for all-star appearances and all uh, all defense. So it's like, I want to see RJ out there uh, locking people up for that extra 13 mil. Like, you know, I, I, know, I already know that RJ is going to be an all-star. And so I'm just excited about the prospects of that. And those are the conversations that I wish were being had after this happened, rather than arguing about Danny Ainge and what the deal was and the different kinds of permutations. I don't think that people understand, like, even if he people are like oh it's rumored like the report said he was offered so clearly and it's like even if he was offered like the rep- first of all we've seen no shortage of like we've seen a million different reports there's been a report about literally everything from everyone we've also seen the media be wrong on multiple accounts 
in the Knicks offseason. Like we've our draft night was one of the most terribly covered things I've ever seen. But now all of a sudden, anything the media says is law, even though we were being covered improperly. And Danny Ainge has used the media for for this trade more than anyone's ever used the media for a trade. But we just got to run with what the media says. And I, I just don't get that, bro. Like, if he was offered, then it was a, a clearly a leverage play. I don't know. My my source is common sense. That's that's what I go with. It what makes sense. It's right there. And so if RJ was offered, as there's, there's probably a, a bunch of permutations with this trade of, okay, you can have this many picks in this player or this many picks in that player, whatever. And so if you put if they put RJ on the table for a deal that they knew Ainge wouldn't accept, that he clearly didn't accept, and it was part of a leverage play, I don't think that means that RJ, like I, I think anyone with the brain knows that RJ wasn't going to uh, Utah in this Donovan Mitchell trade. And now we have 120 millions to believe, 120 reasons, 120 million reasons to believe that they're invested in him and he's not going anywhere. So that's all we should be talking about. Yeah, no, um, I share those same sentiments pretty exactly. Um, I think I get frustrated with a lot of the way people intake media online because it perplexes me to watch who believes who about what and how things either get misread or people aren't able to read what's actually happening sometimes. Like the media's job, although it's generally to be correct in sports media, you normally you're getting these sources from agents or the teams themselves. Very occasionally you get it from players, right? So Generally, like the rule of thumb for a lot of these guys is they they get stuff right uh, under certain conditions, whatever it may be, and certain teams or whatever use the media different ways. Some people use it to just actually give you an update, and it's very simple. Some people, like Danny Age, like to put different things out at different times all the times. So, you know, I'm, okay, well they're not dealing with the Knicks anymore. They're they're, they're looking. They're talking to the Hornets. They're talking to whoever else they were talking to. Okay, well. And then what happened? Right? Within a week, oh, you know, the, the Knicks have re-engaged, right? The Knicks and Jazz have re-engaged in talks. Okay, so you probably weren't talking to the Hornets all that seriously. Like, is there a difference between talking to, like, actively, we're, we're actively discussing all these packages, you know, we're focused on working with the Hornets? Or did the Hornets call one time and we're like, is Donovan Mitchell available? He is. What do you want from him? You don't know? All right. Get back to me. You know, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll work on this. And then you hang up, right? That's not what happened, right? It's probably a simple check-in. You know, there's a difference between, like you said, a myriad of picks and, and packages. It Danny Ainge could have laid out a package where R.J. Barrett was involved, right? And then been like, that's that's one I really want. You know, it, it could be true. It could not be true. But Danny Ainge is the problem. Again, it's not that we don't think a package was discussed. It's more, was it really offered? If R.J. Barrett and like three or four picks and whoever else is in the, if it was really offered, do you think he would be extended with the Knicks right now or he'd be in Utah? If it was really being offered, especially when up to this point, it was difficult in all these reports. Again, this is just me. There's been so many things this summer that I, I understand if everyone, including myself, maybe I, I just don't know to, how to make sense of things anymore. But to me, it seemed clear because what? They were ever having a tough time, including like Obi or anyone, right, aside from Grimes. And it was for, like, five picks, right? It was, like, what seemed to be the, the starting, like, thereabouts number. So you really mean to tell me, like, Grimes, as, as, like, the main young guy going back in five picks, and RJ in three picks, it, it seems like sort of a no-brainer that you would just take the RJ guy, right? But Danny Ainge wouldn't do that because Danny Ainge doesn't want to pay RJ Barrow right now. 
because he wants to have wiggle room for the future. So do we believe that the Knicks were actually offering it? Do we believe that it was actually there, like uh, really on the table to be picked up by the Jazz and, and that that's it, the trade's agreed on? I don't, I don't believe that personally. I just think it was more like it was discussed, it was offered, and I don't know about offered, it was discussed, it was brought up, however you want to talk about it, but uh, I just don't think it was all that serious. And and I think, even if it was, um, they're not trading him now, you know? He's he's now extended, so I, I think, like Sean said, it's all very silly. Um, and I think, at the end of the day, too, uh, sometimes we don't have to have the, these long-running debates, you know? It's just like, I just, I feel this way about a current event, and then we're going to have something new tomorrow. Like, we don't always got to, like... It's not that wild, man. Like sometimes, like I feel like, are people new to Twitter? Are people new to tweets? Are people new to like, you know? Oh, I could read this, in, and maybe it's in a different tone. Maybe he, you know what I mean? Like, just use your brains a little bit, man. It's not that hard. We're just here to talk basketball and tell you know tell you about our feelings on it. It's not all that wild. It really isn't. But you know, end of the day, he signed. Hopefully, we get some more good news soon. I thought it was a reasonable deal. Um, I I don't know where I don't have some fancy stat for everybody about where it ranks him for his earnings amongst wing players that have, you know, scored X amount or whatever the normal thing is. But like, I have a, I have a good feeling he's getting a pretty reasonable rate for where he's at in his career and uh, what he's probably going to end up doing. You know, we saw him, him close the year on a really good run, obviously, as being more of the focal point. Uh, ended up averaging 20 points on the year, which felt like a discount to what he was doing from January on because he was scoring 23, 24, 25 a night regularly. So, I'm not saying he's going to put that up again this season, but like, yeah, I do expect now to see. Now you have to score 20 again. That seems like a no-brainer to me. And are you going to get 21, 22? Where are we going to tap out at? You know, points per game over the year, because um, that that is a big indicator, especially for all-star and things like that. You got to score. It's the name of the game. Sorry, like, I, there's more to it. I know everybody. We want to talk about the assists, the defense, whatever. Sure. Uh, not going to be an all-star if you're not scoring 22, 23 points or more games. Just generally, or and if and if you are not doing that, you have to have like what double-digit assists, like something wild, right? That's that's always how it gets you. And you got to do a lot of a stat. It's just the way it works, man. He's going to score. That's what he's going to end up doing. Um, but he could play defense. You know, hopefully we see it more consistently. I like that it was a uh, added in there for a bonus or whatever to uh, incentive to get him up towards the 120. I think. Um, we saw it a lot more the second year. Last year felt like more flashes, but the consistency came back a little bit, you know, as the year went on. But um, just want to see it game to game now. You know, I, I have real expectations for him. Um, I always hold him to a high level with those expectations because I think, you know, we've we've always seen the kind of player that we knew he was going to be all around and, and the way that he takes the game so seriously. So I know, you know, it's not like, a, you know, pressure or anything, but um, why wouldn't you expect him to score a bunch next year why wouldn't you expect him to be a good defensive player next year like why wouldn't you i mean if anything i'm almost the, the only thing i would say that i i thought i'd see more of is the assists but i i have to take that with a grain of salt because of the way the offense is run of course so I, i'd like to see those assists go up but i don't want to like hamper him or you know i feel like that's the only thing that we haven't really seen scratch the surface mm -hmm. yet but um I do expect him to be a good, consistent defensive player next year. You know, no, no, no two week gaps. You know, that this is your fourth year. You know, you get you're getting paid. Like, let's let's play some real defense consistently. Um, and I think we should expect that given you know the stuff with Randall last year. I think it was obvious when it bothered the team, and I think RJ obviously is a smart guy. I think he 
I think he knows what he just saw for an entire season. And I think he knows he's in a similar boat of now getting paid and being under more scrutiny, more eyes on him. Don't let it happen. Just just play good defense, man. You're going to get burned some games, right? It's not, it's not like every game you're going to play 82 games of, of all-world defense. You're going to get burned sometimes, man. People are going to cook you. It's the NBA. But are you, are you not lost? Are you doing your job? Do you, do you look like you're playing with energy? I, I think we can start to, cons- you know, get these things from him now moving forward. But um, I, I expect really just that because I think the scoring is going to keep coming. He gets to the line more. He makes his threes more. These things have been improving over time. I just expect it to keep going up. I expect him to get more drives, more free throws, whatever. I, I think the points are going to come very easily. That's why I'm not worried about it or focused on it all that much. It's more, um, are you going to become like a five assist guy? Might be a big one for me. I, I predicted 25-5 player for him coming into the NBA. I'd like to see that five assists. Uh, it doesn't need to be that fun round number, but can we get over four? Can we get it towards five? Like that's when you start to really get into like fun playmaking wing territory. But I think for sure this year, I expect the defense. I know the points will come. I expect the defense. And I would really like to see uh, an increase, you know, with his uh, playmaking volume. But that that's my only, like, expectations. I'm not trying to be like, he's got to be an all-star this year. You know, he's he's got to – they got to make the, the playoffs as a four seed this year. He's not worth the money. Like, I, I hate those conversations. Let's just – Oh, and there's going to be a lot of that. So so many, even with the Randall. Oh, you know, Randall Randall got paid, and you know, after that performance, it's just like guys, like that's I I get it, but like I mean, it's an exhausting way to think about life. You have to always think about a five game playoff series. It's like <laughs> there's other ways that we can keep evaluating. You know, like time time moves on. So I just you know focus on the the, the personal stuff from RJ, and I think the rest will come. Yeah, I said after last season that uh, I fully expected him to average twenty three to twenty five a game. Um, but I also live in this reality now where I fully expect Donovan Mitchell to be the Nick. So without Donovan Mitchell, I fully expect RJ to average 23 to 25 points a game. With Donovan Mitchell, um, I would I would say I would expect between like 21 and 23 maybe. Um, but either way, I think that, you know, scoring-wise, he'll be, he'll be doing a lot better. I, I would like for him to improve from the free throw line. I'd like him to be at least like a 75% free throw shooter. I don't think that's unrealistic. Um, you know, more consistency from three, uh, more off the dribble threes. I feel like we'll probably get, um, I'd like to see him be able to operate consistently in that mid range area, just even a little bit more this season. Um, and then defensively, like you said, he's got, he's got to show up every night and we know what, we know what RJ is capable of as a defender. And so I, I expect to see like his capabilities expand, but also for it to be done on a consistent basis. I mean, you know, when he had Jason Tatum in jail, held him at 30%, and he held Zach Levine to 30% twice. Um, you know, he's he's a really good on-ball defender. Uh, he's He looks even stronger now. Like, RJ's always been super strong, but he looks like he's getting he's gotten even stronger. Um, and, so, you know, I'm just – I'm really excited. And the thing is, the thing about RJ, you know, for a lot of guys, we see a lot of what they're doing in the offseason. We see them all over the place. We see them here. We see them there. Uh, we see them in the gym. We didn't really see – we don't normally see much of RJ, but we really didn't see any of RJ this summer. Like, we we saw zero RJ. There's, like, that one clip of him, like, you know, dunking or whatever, like, in that uh, in, in that w- workout. But otherwise, we haven't really seen a lot. So I really think that he's going to come back. I mean, coming in the year for – I really love the fact that, like, his efficiency wasn't super high when he was, you know, the number one option toward the end of the year and averaging 25 points a night. Um but part of it was just the way defenses were loading up on him. It was an adjustment, things like that. And I'm glad that he got that experience last year. 
Like, I'm glad that he went into the offseason having the experience of being somebody that people were game planning for, having the experience of having defenses uh, loaded up against you so that he knows kind of what to expect coming into year four. And I think that's going to be a huge part of his uh, his elevation. And I'm, I'm, I, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be more excited. Um, and I think that RJ can be an all-star this year. Like you said, he doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be, oh, if he's not an all-star right away, if we don't become the best team in the league right away, then he got overpaid. But prepare yourselves for stupid conversations. They're going to happen. People are going to, you know, people have been doubting him this whole time. Um, it's crazy. Like, I, you know, while he was playing, like, that second half stretch last year, nobody really said anything. People were very quiet. All the RJ haters, I was literally begging them to come outside. Like, they were nowhere to be found. And so now the season ended, there's no basketball being played and everybody feels safe to come outside and throw their little quips and stupidity. Like, I, I, you know, there's been, there's been a lot of talk, a lot is being said, and I just can't wait for him to go out there and prove that he's worth every dollar of that four years, 120 million and more. And that, you know, he's really him and he's the force to be reckoned with in this league. And it's really nice seeing like, you know, the, the Christmas, uh, you know, seeing the Christmas lineup and everything and seeing RJ on the, on the bill as the headliner. And with you know, next to all the next to all those other guys who are playing on Christmas and superstars, stars, and it's just like, yeah, like this is who he is. This is who he's about to be. Star J Barrett is here. Headliner J is here, um, and it's it's going to be a glorious time. Yeah, so we'll we'll see, but very excited for RJ Barrett. Um, I at La Casa de Maggio, it's big news. I I had that Amari signed jersey from like. The 2010, right before Melo got there, I got the jersey signed by the team. That's been in my in, in the photo in the jersey frame for like a decade, basically since I got it. I got a signed RJ jersey. I, I put it up, put it up in the box. Uh, if you're wondering why I didn't just get two, they're very expensive. It's like $150 a frame. I'm not spending $150 on another frame right now. Thus, <laughs> it was a it was a very uh very ceremonial event to, to take the other jersey down and put in the RJ one. It was a you know, what is it? Changing of the guard, whatever, a passing of the torch. So I had a big, big moment, big moment. But uh, maybe one day I'll make a little bit more money, and you know, I'll get that second frame. But not, not, not yet, not yet. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's 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 time for the RJ Barrett era to really get underway here. You know, first couple of years were finicky for different reasons, finding his way, uh, finding his path. But uh, I, you know, tr- truly believe, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a, a special year. I, I just, I just feel like you know, putting up. 18 two years ago in limited reps and opportunities and then you know last year finding a way to average 20 and and what uh what a mess of a season it ended up being um i thought was pretty important and pretty telling for him um again again he didn't even have full reign of the offense or full you know an offense really optimized around him so it's it's all just kind of finding ways to get get his points really right now um so i'm hopeful in a world where you know Hopefully beyond Tibbs, uh, somebody who's who's tailoring things for RJ, and hopefully Donovan Mitchell, who we'll speak about more in uh, just a second. But um, I, I think it's going to be a very fruitful time for for RJ these next this this next contract of his. I think it's going to be, you know, I think it's already a bargain. Um, but again, I'm I've always been RJ biased. I think it's a bargain. I think it'll remain a bargain the entire duration of his deal. Um, I think the fact that it's under 130 is like a home run for the Knicks, um, as far as I'm concerned. I, I you know. Personally, I'm always going to want to see RJ get paid, but you know, I'm, I think this is a, a yet another fair deal. They've given a lot of fair deals aside from the Fournier one, um, so it, it's mm-hmm. good to see. It's good to see that 
you know, for the most part, they've gotten these things right. I thought the Brunson deal was great. Uh, even the Randall deal, I know people don't like the Randall deal to some degree now, but I thought really honestly it was pretty, even if you look, he's like the 50th, 56th, like something like that, highest paid. It's 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 a it's a regular NBA contract. Maybe it's a little bit on the high end, but you can't sit here acting like it. We're, we're getting scammed. Like sometimes sometimes guys don't play well. I don't know what to tell you. Like he had a career career worst season after you paid him. It looked awful. It's awful. There's no defense of it, but it doesn't mean we got like, this albatross of a contract, like at the end of the day, you know, th- this is a reasonable bunch of deals. It's the, you know, just the Fournier was the only one you got to never going to let 78 go. million American dollars for Evan Fournier. <laughs> yeah. It's going to, I'm telling you, we're going to take it off the TKW offices. When we finally open up, it's going to be the first tweet frame that you see. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but yeah. Um, but you know, I do want to change directions, you know, because Evan Fournier, this is a beautiful segue, uh, beautiful seems, seems to fit so perfectly into the plans that would in- involve Donovan Mitchell coming to New York. It seems like any deal sort of has to involve his salary. Now, this is where all the Evan Fournier truthers would, would aha me and say, well, if that deal is so awful, how come, you know, we're using it in, in, a, in a deal to get Donovan Mitchell? And to that, I say, he just simply makes a dollar amount that works. If it wasn't him, we'd be trying to force Randall onto Utah a little bit more aggressively. I, I don't know. You know what? I'm sure. But like, it's not, it's not like a 4D chess move to overpay Fournier <laughs> and then it work out that he's the salary filler to go out to a team who doesn't care who comes back. It's not like a win for Utah to get Fournier. You know, they're, they're not like <laughs> excited about getting 32, 33 year old overpaid Evan Fournier. So, so it's not a, it's not, it's not the aha moment you think it is, but um, he is he is gonna go live in Utah. Is what's gonna happen here, and I find that I find that very good. I think that works out for us very well. Um, this is more than just getting Donovan Mitchell. I, I just don't think there's gonna be a bigger upgrade from going from Evan Fournier to Donovan Mitchell. I think that is a it's just a tremendous tremendous move. Uh, so I, I would I would like to see it. But John, I would like to just ask you at this point with with all the smoke and all the almost fire, where on a percentage scale, would you place the Donovan Mitchell trade as I wouldn't say being done, but in terms of you think it's definitely going to happen? Like, what what's your confidence percentage here? I would say one hundred and five percent. Like I've been abundantly confident in this trade happening the entire time. Um, you know, from the time that it was pretty, like from the Rudy Gobert deal, or maybe even slightly before it. Like I've I've been very adamant that video is I think from June or maybe early July where I'm just like nobody else really has the assets we would have for this trade to be able to pull it off and we've seen for months now that be the exact case all these other teams that get brought up falling away, um, you know and now with the RJ being taken off the table and us still having the best asset like there's there's nowhere else for them to turn training camp is quickly approaching. Um, no pun intended because he's not going anywhere. But training camp is right around the corner, and they have to get this deal done. But can't train. We we saw it with the Rockets when they had uh, Stephen Silas. You can't start a new regime with a, with a coach and have a disgruntled star who you spent all summer trying to trade, and you know be trying to rebuild. You can't have your foot in the, one foot in the rebuild door and one foot in the Donovan Mitchell era door. It just doesn't work, and it'll be a very terrible situation to start up with your young coach who's uh, a brand new coach, one of the youngest coaches in NBA history. That's not how you want to start. Um, so I think that the Jazz want to commit to their rebuild and what they have going on, start with a clean slate. 
and we're the only team that really gives him the opportunity to do so. And after the RJ news came out, then they tried to throw some weak report out there about how the Wizards feel like they have the assets or whatever to make a, make a deal happen. And then um, somebody pointed out like right away, and I, I absolutely I, I love when you know I, I hit a lot of conversation and discourse that happens on on uh, you know Knicks Twitter, NBA Twitter, whatever it may be. But I, I love some good facts, man. I really love some good facts. And where is it? Uh, Nick's feed. Nick's feed and the big steppers came out right away because it was my first thought, but he put it like really with the facts. And he's like, the Wizards can't move any of their 23 through 27 picks and are capable of, like, only capable of trading their 2029 first round pick because the Knicks of all teams have their protected first. Good luck. And so that's been happening all summer where Danny Ainge has been trying to drum up interest by putting in other teams. But like, the thing about it is, we can see what those teams can offer you, and it's not good. So you're not really creating any leverage here. You're further paying the picture that it's only us, and that's been a great thing. Um, and today, uh, I think Jay Nicky may have broken it. I don't know. I didn't see anybody else say it first. But Donovan Mitchell removed Utah Jazz guard from both his Twitter and Instagram bio, and they were 100% in there yesterday. Um, and so a lot of people like to do the thing now where it's like, oh, you guys react to anything on social media, blah, blah, blah. It's funny watching people who say that who react to anything on social media. But, you know, a lot of people like to say that, but it's just like, come on, man. What reason is there for him to wake up in the midst of trade talks and, you know, just be like, oh, yeah, you know what? I, I no longer want to be represented as Utah Jazz Guard in my bio on either social media account. Um, and so, you know, I, I, feel like, I feel like this thing is about to happen, man. Like, I don't know. Like, part of me feels like, what time is the Mets game today? <laughs> what, time is, what time is the Mets game with Nick's night? It almost seems like it's like, because for him to remove it from his bio, that almost makes me feel like the deal has already like happened. Like almost like, I, I don't know, but it would be really nice for them to announce that and just, you know, for him to be making a first pitch uh, but one way or another, whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, I definitely am hundred percent confident, 105% confident, 110% confident, whatever number I said that Donovan Mitchell will be a Nick. How yeah, do you I, feel? I'm I'm very much in Donovan Mitchell. Uh Donovan Mitchell, you are a Nick territory. Um I how how could you not? I don't know how how anybody could not at this point. I'm sorry. It just seems like it's more inevitable than than anything I've seen in quite some time. Uh, when there's this much buildup for this many months and it always comes back and connects to the same two teams, it's it's sort of a formality of of we all know what's gonna happen here. Can we just get it over with? I I think to your point about him taking the thing out the bio again. Not not normally do we get carried away with these things, but not not just asking uh, the good people listening. You know, well, when has that ever? I just want to ask you, Isaac. Like, when has that ever meant something like good? Like, when for for the person it, it was happening to? Like, when has it ever happened? Like, in a good way for like the Utah Jazz, the or whichever NBA team to get their 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 name removed from a, a star player's bio. When has that ever been good for them? When has it ever been good? When someone clears their IG of all the, all, like, let's say the jazz pictures are next, right? Like, like he just wipes it. He starts fresh. When has that ever been good? We've seen that though. And normally when it happens with players, it means that guy's gone. He, he deleted the pictures of the blazers. Cause he's gone. He deleted the pictures of the pistons. Cause he's got like whatever, whoever he was leaving. That's always what happens. It, it's out the bio. The pictures are gone. It's a, it's like a one month turnover of a process. And then, and then it, it happens. So but aside from even that and whatever they, you know, you want to call those like the emoji eyes incidents, but really I feel like he's been very front facing about doing stuff in New York this year. Not that maybe 
word has not been out before about when he's hosted a camp or things like that. That that stuff does get reported. But the amount of times I've seen just things or updates about him in New York taking bat in practice with the Mets or, you know, like you said, the Mets got the next day coming up or like being at the game when Jalen Brunson was at the game, just being at all of the Mets games in general, tweeting incessant. I mean, he always tweets about the Mets, but it seems like a lot more tweets. I haven't done any statistics or research, but a lot more tweets about the Mets lately. It just seems like there's more happening with him. He was in the garden for the Rangers playoffs games. He's, Come on. He's, he's been in New York, top to bottom. He's been at every New York event you could be at. I just don't know what else needs to happen at this point, aside from a single Wolves tweet and, you know, a, a press conference right afterwards, because that's that's really where we're at here. I think he's 200% a Nick. I think we're just waiting on the details. I think that's all that we've been waiting on is the details of a package and the day it's going to happen on. I think it's... I said to you, you know, off the, I think off the pot, I, I would almost be embarrassed if the trade didn't happen now. That's how much I, I, I'm now in on believing it, but also really believing it just makes sense with everything that we've seen. So I'm, I'm probably all in. I hope it happens because I don't, I would not, you know, I don't want to be embarrassed or, or feel a certain way. I would like to just enjoy that we were right again and just right off into the sunset with RJ Barrett, Donovan Mitchell in the fold, Jalen Brunson as our starting point guard. And whatever the rest of the other team looks like, I don't really care. If Obi stays and he becomes the starting power forward, great. If Obi's in the trade, it's okay. We'll find another power forward, I'm sure. There's other guys. Uh, like, whatever happens, if, like, those three and then, like, I think Mitch is probably staying in every scenario because especially he can't get yeah, traded. Yeah, Mitch is locked in because yeah, of the contract. Right. So you basically get, to me, assuming you could move Randall at some point in the next calendar year, I'll say, right? Uh, assuming Fournier is going to be gone, you get Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, RJ Barrett, insert whoever at power forward. Everybody's going to assume Obi. I'm not sure he doesn't go in the trade. I just want to be safe. And then Mitchell Robinson's locked in. Mitch, RJ, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson is like, to me, that's a fun new direction. I don't know what's going to happen per se, but I think, okay, I, I see two guys who could score very well. Um, I see one guy who's working on his scoring every year. We know he can give you 20 in RJ, right? So I just don't want to put him in the very well bucket yet. You know, he's got to pick up the efficiency a little bit more. But I do think he's getting there, right? So you got three guys. Ultimately, over the next three, four years, you're probably going to – those are going to be your bucket getters, right? So I feel like just off of that, like the offense is going to look somewhat better, somewhat more creative just because those guys do different things. And then Mitch is your clean up the messes guy. Low usage, just going to hang around and do Mitch stuff, right? Maybe some more misses, more more perimeter players and shooters, but he's just going to do Mitch stuff. Hopefully they give him more pick and rolls. I think that's a rock solid group of four. I don't know which youngsters are going to stay, but you, you're going to assume all of them aren't going to go. So you got a couple of guys you pick it, you know, pick and play off the bench. Uh, maybe quickly, maybe it rhymes. You know, I don't know who's going to stay. Um, just feel like it's in a good spot. I like that team. I, I like. I. It, it always looks better when you get top talent, man. You need top talent to win. Like period. So. Get, get that RJ is now paid, locked in for four years. Go get him a top guy. You got Jalen Brunson locked in. Mitchell, uh, Donovan, uh, sorry, Mitchell Robinson locked Robinson. in. Just go get him Donovan Mitchell now. Go, go get him the the one star player. Now you go get your signing. This is why when we tell people, Sean, you know, it's not all about oh well, we can't make that trade now. It doesn't make make us title contenders. No, but all of a sudden this starts to be a more sensical team where you're like oh. 
I can look at this team and probably expect playoffs versus like I hope they make it. Like I would look at that and go, okay, now you got to make the playoffs for sure. Like I don't. This should this should very easily be a top six team. If not, you guys are really fucking it up. Like, but make the playoffs, right? Versus last year, even I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think they make it, but this is there's some trade off here that I don't like. Like, I wasn't big on Fournier playing big big minutes, right? But you know, a guy like Donovan Mitchell, maybe it goes better for you. So it's just like I feel like there's more of an identity being fleshed out with this direction. So when they get the Mitchell trade done, and it's just why I think they do. I think that there's probably going to be some pressures to get a star soon. This rebuild has been going on for a while. You got your young pieces taken care of. It's the next step of the team building process is to go get a big upgrade. There's nothing wrong with spending money. We're the most valuable franchise in the NBA. There's nothing wrong with like going to get the big money guy, the big, the big star at some point. We should, we should have that expectation again. Like we should want to get the stars. Like it's not, we've been doing it the right way. You you can't pay, you know, keep and pay every single young player. Right. But you can pay an RJ Barrett. You could pay a Mitchell Robinson. You could pick a couple of them to stay for the long run. And then around them, go get the upgrade. So I think he's a Nick. I think, I think they just got to call it. They got to announce it. Uh, I'm going stir crazy. It's August 30th. Uh, announce this thing. We need this news. We need this to be over. We need to enter training camp knowing he's on the roster. I think, would you agree with me? I think all all parties probably want that done. With, with as much reporting has been going on on this specific trade for so long, all summer. What, what did you say it would behoove them to get this shit done? Uh, you you can't go into training camp with this. You can't go into the regular Not season with this now. At all. They, they, and the thing is, like, the, the Jazz are the team that the pressure is on in terms of going into training camp. Because if we go into training camp, we're just going into training camp with our team. But they would be going into training camp with getting asked the question, the guy who's there all the time and the new coach, blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, they've got to make this deal happen. It definitely behooves everyone to make it happen as soon as possible. Um and we're right there. Like we're right. We, we, Leon's done an excellent job. This has been a masterclass after this deal happens. I never want to hear a bad word about Leon Rose, the front office again. That's enough. I've been, I've been in the trenches for them, uh, you know, staunchly defending them because I feel like they've deserved it. And now that, that there should be no more, there should be no discourse. It's over. Like everybody should understand the front office did their job. They're doing an excellent job and just put the trust in them. Cause Leon has handled this amazingly like imagine what scott Layden would have given danny Ainge. like imagine what glenn groma would have given danny Ainge. like we would have had no roster left they would have given away seventh street so i'm just really glad that you know leon has played it this way played his cards right and you know he never folded and, and, and it's beautiful and you know he uh he was aware of what the leverage was in this situation and allowed himself to play to the leverage and everybody talks about you know danny Ainge being a big bad boogeyman of trades um, but Leon has stood firm and it's been great. I'm very proud. Uh, and yeah, like even when you were talking about, uh, Mitchell Robinson, like I feel like he's, you know, when I was, when I go, when I watch Donovan Mitchell film and watch highlights and stuff like that, I'm just like, wow, like the amount of gravity this guy has is insane. And like, you know, his, he's a great playmaker. And I, I want people to realize Rudy Gobert is not good, like at basketball offensively, like at all, really at all and i don't think he's anywhere near the athlete that mitchell robinson is so it's just like you know things open up so much more for mitch already with jalen brunson being here but now with donovan mitchell i think that mitch would be a you know a force to be reckoned with just catching mad lobs um cleaning up like you said um you know doing a great job defensively being our anchor and then on top of having mitch 
We've also got Isaiah Hartenstein locked in who can't be traded because of his contract. And we've got that same kind of rim protection off the bench. You know, I, I just think that they've done a pretty good job, like you said, assembling a team so that once you make that move, now you're able to take a step forward. And yeah, we definitely be a playoff team. My only gripe and my only uh, issue with my excitement about Donovan Mitchell and everything, it's not a, whether he'll be a Nick or not. It's like, damn, on opening night, like, you know, whose jersey do I wear? And I, I, I still got to, I, I feel like I'm going to rock with RJ just because it's opening night and it's RJ. So I feel like I'm still going to wear RJ's jersey. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to throwing my Donovan Mitchell jersey in the rotation for sure. Yo, a, a 45 Knicks jersey is going to go hard. I can't, I don't want to get, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. I, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't want to, you know how hard it is to buy one Knicks jersey? And for that guy to still be around like a year later, two years later, like I got the RJ jersey. I got a, I got an authentic. I was very happy. And I was like, there's a part of me that was just like, it feels like the kiss of death a little bit. Like you can't get these guys jerseys because they always, they something happens, right? I got KP and I, they, this is the year before all the nonsense happened. And, and I was like, I think they're going to pay him when he comes back from injury. Let me just, I'll get the jersey. I got it. Everything starts to happen. I was like, there's, they're not gonna actually trade this guy, and then they they did it, and I was like, whoa! So I, after that, I was on a nobody's getting bought period, right? And then RJ I cracked. I was like, I, I'll buy RJ before the extension. That was my rule. I wanted him to get to do today, basically, to buy the jersey. But I cracked and said, all right, you know, we'll, we'll just get it ahead of time. And now he's still here, man. It's a good feeling, you know. I it, I don't want to do it again. I don't want to jump the gun on Donovan Mitchell and getting excited, even even visualizing it in my head and. For it to be taken away from me, I don't even. I've seen the photoshops. The the four and the five are too good, too straight. It looks oh. too too meant to happen, and it's bothering me how in love I am with this idea. And I just I need it to happen. I can't do this anymore. It's, My heart can't take it. I've never liked the number forty five at all, but it's so cold in the photoshops, like. Man, I can't wait. I I and yeah, that's so that's my main gripe. It's like, damn. It's like I want to be able to support Donovan Mitchell in his first game as a Nick, but I can't not wear an RJ jersey to the home opener. But don't worry, Donovan. I feel like I'll be at the garden plenty. So I'll be I'll be repping. I'll, I'll have that four or five on. I change for a 20. So yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, what else? What else do we got then? I think that's that's the latest, right? That's we're caught up. RJ got paid. Uh, Mitchell's inevitable as far as I'm concerned. We're just waiting on the news. And uh, when does training camp start officially? Uh, I think the 21st of September. Yeah, it's that third week normally, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Soon, man. Yeah. A, a team with, like, you know, and especially if they, I don't know. I don't know how realistic it is they move Randall. I do believe that if we get down to Mitchell, like, Julius Randall should be moved. Um, I also think that he's capable of being a good basketball player uh, with D Mitchell being here. I just don't know if he'd be willing to be the third, fourth option. I just think it would be, it would be, it would make the most sense to get rid of him. But, you know, in a reality where they, Evan Fournier leaves in the uh, Donovan, first of all, Evan Fournier being off this roster, I'm ready to go for this season. Like 100%. If Evan Fournier leaves and Donovan Mitchell comes in, we're in for an amazing season. If Julius Randle's also out of the way and Obi's still here and he's able to be the starting power forward and Melo can come in and be his backup or whatever, you send Julius to uh, Phoenix and get back Jay Crowder in a second round pick. I really don't care. Bring Jay Crowder in the backup Obi. Don't give a damn. I, I'm just very excited. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I really feel like I truly believe this is going to be one of the best years of our lives. 
And like, you know, I, when everybody, like, even when people complain about, oh, you know, with Donna Mitchell, what are we going to do next? Like, you know, who's, I, I'm not there. I'm not, I don't, I don't believe, I don't understand why. I know the next PS, next PTSD has a lot of factors, a lot of effects. And, you know, it causes people to always be star chasing because it's like to, for a team that hasn't acquired a star since Car the Carmelo trade and like not few and far between before that, for us to be on the verge of acquiring a star and everybody be talking about how we're going to get the one after that is insane to me. Like, just get the star, get the star, get the talent in the building and then be a good team from there. Like, we have a very young core that we, we, be, uh, that we have around him, like you just said. You got RJ, you got Donovan Mitchell, you got uh, Jalen Brunson. That's three three-level scorers, especially as RJ continues to improve. You got Mitch cleaning up. You got whoever stays. We already have a pretty solid bench in place. Um, and that's a very young team. RJ Barrett is 22 years old. So, this, like, there's no cap ceiling. But even, like, when people are like, oh, like, that's the second-round exit. Like, 2013 was one of the best years of my life. Literally, one of the best years of my life. And we were a second-round exit. But, like, you know, people are acting like, we, like we're the Spurs. Like, I would love a second-round exit. I mean, granted, I want to go further than that, but, like, winning and winning a playoff series would be very, very nice. I can't uh, – yeah, outside of 2013, we haven't won a playoff series in this millennium. And people are being uppity talking about, oh, we wouldn't be – shut up. Just be excited, man. Just be – so with the RJ news that came out, just be excited. Look at the positives. Focus on it. Move forward. Don't create, you know, scenarios in your head and reasons to be negative about it. That's weird. Stop wasting your time. Stop wasting energy. Like Donovan Mitchell, he gets here. Be excited. Be, be excited about the prospects coming up. We're in for a great time. This is a great time to be a Knicks fan. And it's up. It's up and it's stuck. And where's the Cardi B? Nah, for sure. Because I couldn't agree more with that. Um, you know, I think for a while there was always good reason to be pessimistic, right? But then at a certain point, it's like, I find it funny how positive this fan base could be when there's nothing to be positive about and who they choose to believe in and why they choose to buy into certain players or guys or whoever, right? Even front office people, coaches. And then that team could win 20 games, 25 games. Doesn't matter. We we, we got this guy. He's just amazing, amazing, whatever, right? And then doing a little bit better. We got, we got a couple of those guys already that we don't even, we don't want to, we don't have to lie anymore about players. We don't got to make stuff up. There were some dark times, right? You got an RJ in the bag. Things are going okay, even if you don't fully believe in RJ. 20 points is third year, you know, okay. Seven rebounds, three, four assists. Pretty good, right? Some good defense. All right? Objectively, right? Things are going pretty well. Maybe you don't make the playoffs last year like we had hoped, right? Back-to-back -back years, but okay. Whatever, right? We're still cruising. We're, we're in on talks for getting another star player. Seems like a star wants to come here. And then people always find ways to be like, but, but not that star. <laughs> but 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 hold on, you gotta wait because what if Luca Luca's not gonna come here? Just like just like what if LeBron? Just like what if KD? Just like what if? Just at some point, it's okay, man. It's okay to just go make a trade and, and get a good player, and and then the player's here, and then you could just be like, well, this is this is a forty-five, maybe a fifty-win team every year. No, okay, we'll see what happens, and you don't gotta worry about every year. Like, but are we gonna win a ring? It's like brother, like could, like you said, could we enjoy a second round appearance? Could we? maybe enjoy a second round victory. Like, do we always got to worry about, I mean, my, like the rings culture that like uh, a segment of this, uh, of this fan or just sports fan bases in general, these last like decade or so is this I feel bad for you guys, man. Like, yeah, of course. Like we want to, everybody wants to fucking win. Everybody wants to win all the time, but there's only one person who could win every year, you know, and normally we're not even winning the playoffs. So like, can we just start with getting to the playoffs, 
consistently, winning consistently, and just having very talented players. Because aside from all the winning, we just don't have talented players, especially the ones that can score the basketball a lot. Why is it such a bad thing every time we want them? Every time. But then, like, when, we're, when we stink, then you guys want to – Where's you wonder where the positivity is, where, where whatever is in, in, in these prospects, these players that never turn into anything, right? We're in the news now to potentially get somebody. Let's just get them. He's going to be good. Like, he's going to be good. I don't know why I have to, we have to pretend like a guy who's amongst, like, I mean, the, his playoff numbers are like special. It's like him, Michael Jordan, like three other guys, right? Why, why do I have to convince you that a guy who's had a, a career of pretty long or longish playoff runs, he's been in the playoffs more than we have as a franchise in his five years in Utah, right? And uh, like us as a franchise the last, what, 20 years or so? Just in his, his mm-hmm. Utah tenure. What are we talking about, man? He scores in the playoffs. He, I mean, what do you, it's the point of the game. I feel like having to explain why you should be excited about a star score in basketball coming to your team, especially one that is still young and hasn't entered his prime yet and is already a notable playoff company. I feel like I shouldn't have to explain that to people as fans. You know what I mean? And there's somebody who you always need to like convince and that bothers me. Like you're not watching the game for the right reasons. If it doesn't just make you have fun, man, should be fun. What we do should be fun. We talk about the Knicks, we talk about basketball. Should all be very fun. Turn on the TV, Donovan Mitchell's on you know you have a chance to watch a New York Knicks score 50 points tonight every time he steps onto the floor. You know you have a true chance of winning every single game now. It's not like, a, mm, this is going to be a rough part of the schedule. Uh, you, you, We should win games. Like, you're here. And if they don't win games, and if he does stink, there's plenty of time to be negative about it then. But there's no reason at this moment in time to assume that that would be what would happen. It's very troubling to me. People who think you're going to get a score who makes a lot of money, and there's always this aura of like, well, that's it. We're going to win 33 games a year and go nowhere with Donovan Mitchell. It's like, wh- why be a fan then? Why why root for a team if, if you don't want the best talent for, for the point of the, the game of basketball to play for the mo- one of the most valuable franchises in basketball and in sports? Why wouldn't you want that here? Like a version of that, because it always seems like that's the player that people don't want. And that's what bothers me. Like, who, who are you guys rooting for? Just chuck up bricks and like not score the ball. Like, what is it that you're looking for in a player that this perfect player that always eludes you? I'm sorry, we, we don't draft LeBron. It doesn't happen every year, man. We can get like the other very, very, very good players too. It's okay. Just see what happens. You know, we'll worry about the rest of the team build after, but just be excited about like a single thing. A single thing is all that I ask of you guys. But, um, truly. Truly. But on that note, we're going to leave you guys. I uh, just wanted to give you a quick little update. Been a little while, you know, since we hopped on, of course. I know, I know Sean and uh, Dean did an excellent job the last time out, but it's just been a truly dead time with this Nick stuff. Uh, but we will be back to the fold, especially now with training camp and everything else coming on. We will be rolling to more of a degree. But happy to be back. Happy RJ Barrett got paid. We'll be happier soon once the Donovan Mitchell trade happens. Um, but seems like all things are are, you know, changing towards good things for us moving forward in this next month or so as a team, as a franchise. So it should be a fun season. You know, I'm excited about it. Uh, and just, yeah, good to be back talking Knicks, man. Yes. Yeah, pleasure to be back. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tapping in. And once again, don't be miserable. There's a lot of people out there being miserable. Don't be miserable. Don't fall into it. We have a lot to be excited about and let's spend our time being excited about it. And like Kyle said, if we got to be miserable and the time comes, we're really good at misery. We're, <laughs> We've we've lived it our entire lives. Like some adapted, some merely adapted to the darkness. We were born in it, so like we know how to be miserable. We can do it when the time comes. But for now, let's just be excited about what can happen. Yeah, for sure. So on that note, we'll talk to you guys very very soon. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Take it easy. Adios.